Well, I'm uh, wanting to tackle something that uh, I feel led in my spirit to discuss, and it is uh, on the prophetic life. This is the definition and title for my Friday night services for a while. The prophetic life, and, and basically prophecy is communication from God to humanity. Prophecy is communication from God to humanity. And, uh, you know, when Jesus was in Caesarea Philippi, he said, who, who do men say that I am? And somebody spoke up and said, some say you're John the Baptist. Some, others say you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So they all keyed into the prophetic aspect of Jesus. And um, prophetic, prophecy, prophetic, uh, there's a lot of discussion about it. Uh, the Bible talks about false prophets. So if there are false prophets, then there would be true prophets, right? And uh, that it is, there is a gift of prophecy, and we're to covet that. And in fact, I want to go to two areas of Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And this kind of ties together with my teaching on Friday nights for several weeks about the love walk, because... In uh, 1 Corinthians 13, basically, Paul is saying, if I have the gift of prophecy, if I have faith to move mountains, if, I, if I'm charitable to give my body to, to be burned, I give all my stuff away, and I don't have love, I'm nothing. So all that I'm preaching here is predicated on the love walk. And then, then what I've shared is in 1 John uh, chapter 4, it says that God is love, right? And so... God so loved the world, that's John's revelation, and uh, that he gave his only begotten son. So Jesus came on a rescue mission, and he came to set captives free. And so I want to read, before I go to 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, now that I saw a lot of you turn to your pages, I'm going to, of course, go to another verse, Revelation chapter 19, and I'm going to read verse 7 through uh, 10. I'm going to read it in the New American Standard, and it's, uh, it's discussion and invitation to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteousness, the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, write, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are true words of God. Then John the Baptist fell at his, the angel's feet that was given the message. But he, the angel, said to John, do not do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't worship angels. You know, I, I told somebody that, Mother Mary and Elvis are at the gate welcoming people in heaven, and they're saying, they, don't worship us here, because the only one worthy of worship is Jesus. Anyway, let's get back to this. That was funnier than you reacted, but anyway, do not do that. Now, think of an angel said to you, don't do that. No, 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 don't do that. He said, I am a fellow servant of yours, and your brethren who hold the testimony of Jesus worship God, Right? Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Wow, that is just in and of itself a super powerful statement. The testimony of Jesus 
is the spirit of prophecy. Now, what does that mean? Here, the, the, the Lord has given revelation to John. And this is not the revelation of John, the apostle. This is a revelation of Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation is all about Jesus. In fact, the whole Bible is all about Jesus. My message is about Jesus right now. And prophecy uh, is at its best when it focuses on Jesus, it reinforces who Jesus is, it reminds us of what Jesus came to do, it gives Jesus all the glory, and that's the way we can test prophecy. Is it really honoring Jesus? Is it biblical? And there are other things that we can look at too. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 14, there are three things I'm going to hit on tonight as sort of that foundational thing I want to end up with. But I wanted to give a little bit of an introduction because prophecy is precious. It's, again, it's God communicating with humanity. And when it's right, man, when it's Jesus-centered, it's powerful. Now, New American Standard just said the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The New International Version, some of you read that one, as your main Bible, it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. Interesting. It is the spirit of prophecy that bears testimony to Jesus. That's a little different than the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. Remember, this is an angel talking to John on the Isle of Patmos, and he says, no, no, don't do that. Don't worship me. Worship God. And let's keep our eyes on Jesus, right? And this will help us out because um, in 1, Corinthians, or 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul had to exhort a group of Christians, a church at Thessalonica, not to despise prophecy. So that implies that the precious gift of prophecy had been abused and it got the church so burned out on it that they didn't want to have anything to do with it. And he said, don't despise it. Hold what is good, test what's good and right, and, and refrain from what's wrong. And so this message, my teaching that I'm trying to give you is to give you a bolstering of discernment, uh, a yearning for God to, to prophetically move through you, uh, that we are to be a prophetic people and we're to live the prophetic life. It's not something we manufacture. It's not something we make up. Uh, there are counterfeits and synthetics of this, but the real thing is the real thing. Why bother counterfeiting something if it's not real? So there is real prophecy. Uh, the New Living Translation says, the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. That's a good one, isn't it? The essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. So, um, you know, the Baptists, I, I went to Baptist college, and, they are, and they're right in saying this, but the definition for prophecy is inspired utterance. And because a lot of my Baptist brothers and sisters that I fellowshiped with, that I, I was in class with, so my teachers, um, they, they felt like these gifts had passed away with the apostles, so now, really, what it boils down to is if a preacher is preaching under inspiration and, it's, and, and there's that, that, that magnetic kind of power thing that happens. And that's part of it. That, that's a form. Of, that is definitely within the definition of prophecy. And uh, a prophecy is telling forth something that's on God's heart. And God uses human agency. God's looking for people. Now let's go to 
uh, 1 Corinthians, and we're going to read chapter 12, the main text tonight, chapter 12, verse 1 through 11, and chapter 14, verse 1 through 3. You guys with me? All right, and then I'm going to end up with a three-part message that you're going to be able to get a hold of, and uh, it's going to be really good. All right, so we'll start with 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to read the first 11 verses, okay? Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. I think the King James says, uh, concerning things, spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. The root word for ignorant is to ignore. So he's saying, pay attention to this. He says, I don't want you to be unaware. The opposite of unaware is being aware. He wants us to be perceptive. He wants us to, and it even elaborates even more on that. He says, uh, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, whoever, however you were led. Mute idols. See, we have a God who speaks. We have a God who listens. His ear is inclined to the prayer of the upright. The Lord said, there's so many scriptures, that thus says the Lord. So he does speak. He, the Bible is God's word to man. Certainly he, he moved on people and they recorded the scriptures and they're divinely inspired. The whole Bible is a prophecy. The whole scripture, all the scriptures are prophetic. Some tell the future, some don't, but it's all God communicating with people. Our witness is to be, our testimony is to be a God thing through our earthen vessels into the ears and the, and the perceptions of others. He says, uh, therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So he's already offering, like in this context of the Corinthians, uh, there, was, there was some monkey business going on, and he was bringing clarity about that, you know, um, people that were given false prophecies, and they were saying Jesus is accursed. He said, well, that's not prophecy because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, and the essence of prophecy glorifies Jesus. And, and uh, so then he says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. And there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. Did you know God has downloaded gifts? He's proliferated gifts throughout the body of Christ. And I've been meditating on and studying the book of John. And I just uh, do about a chapter a day, and I was reading where he said, it's to your advantage that I go, because uh, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. He said uh, in Acts chapter 1, Luke wrote by the Holy Spirit, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. What is your Jerusalem? That's your footprint. That's your locale. Those are your peeps. What's your uh, Judea, Jerusalem, Judea? That's the, that's the surrounding area. That's the, uh, I, while I was in worship over there, I, 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 felt, I thought about the domino effect, the ripple effect, the repercussive potential of the life of a believer that's full of faith. And I think about how magnificent the touch of God is on each one of our lives. When he deals with us and grants us repentance and we come to awareness that we're sinful and we're lost and then he gives us salvation 
through Jesus on a lifeline. How do you think I felt when the U.S. Coast Guard came to the boat to rescue us from a disaster? Well, how do you think I felt when the guy found me out in the open sea in New Zealand? I felt, I felt exhilarated. I felt like I had a new lease on life. I had a new beginning. My medical doctor had cancer, and he came, out, he came through cancer. He told me for about two years he was so elated that he had survived. He picked up classical guitar, and he started to do like cooking classes, and he had a new lease on life. And uh, the Bible says for us, when we're Christians, we should live as if we're alive from the dead. And uh, it, it, that's the opposite of the zombification that the devil's trying to impose on humanity, where we're just kind of walking our way through life like zombies. I'm, I'm on an anti-zombie crusade. And um, the only way to kill a zombie is, I guess, what is it? Shoot him in the head, right. So I'm shooting you in the head with the word. How do you kill a vampire? Stake to the heart. How do you, right? How do you kill a werewolf? How do you know all that stuff? You need to meditate on the scriptures. You've watched way too much science fiction. See, we know this stuff. We're indoctrinated with it. No, you don't do a silver bullet into a vampire. It won't do anything. You don't, you don't shoot a werewolf in the head. He'll just bite you. But what we do need to drill down on is understanding and not being unaware or ignorant of the things of the Spirit. And in fact, I heard a preacher say it this way, the first verse, I'm, I'm, I'm already going back on it, but now concerning things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit. Because the, in my Bible, the New American Standard's a very literal translation, and uh, so it has in italics when they add words that they, that, to support the idea. So it says now concerning spiritual gifts, gifts is italicized. So really, it's things pertaining to and of the Spirit. And God wants us to be astute and sensitized and yearning for and hungry for and thirsty for the things of the Spirit. And God has given gifts to men. He led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. He's downloaded gifts. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. Can I tell you, God's at work in you, Philippians 2.13, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So as I watch the young people get baptized, and I know a number of them, I know their families, I know their parents and their grandparents, and I, and I know some of their circumstances. And the first one that got in there, I thought, wow, his dad would be so blessed. His dad would be so blessed. And he's gonna be a man, a great man in the earth. And I saw those girls, those koalic girls, and I, you know, just, uh, just the, 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 the big strapping guy that was standing so tall, and uh, just, uh, just amazing, the pulliams and all, uh, just, it's, it's, it, just the destiny that's on these, and there's variety. And this is what's wonderful about the, the if we do Christianity right, we don't compare ourselves among ourselves. If we do the church right, we don't compare ourselves among ourselves. There are varieties. So it, it's, it's cool to be different. And it's important that we just identify the fact that the Holy Spirit is, is wanting to stir things in our lives and provide a prophetic heads up 
on, on, on details that don't even seem that important. God cares about the details of our lives. I know this because he knows the number of hairs on our head. It doesn't seem to be that consequential in terms of, of eternity or life, but it's God illustrating that I know the details of your situation, and if you'll follow me and you walk with me, I'll make you a fisher of men. Signs and wonders will follow you. You know, people got in Peter's shadow and they were healed. But Peter didn't spend his time exerting a shadow. Peter was just going along obeying the Lord. It just happened that his proximity had a power to it. And the church, we don't stop and try to exert a, 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 a shadow. We just get caught up and enthralled with the God we serve, the God that's trying to communicate with humanity. We listen to it, and we can discern then the, 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 the error, the spirit of error and the spirit of truth. We can sniff it out. The Lord will help us. But then it says, for the one has given word of wisdom to another, uh, word of knowledge according to the same spirit. And I'm going to have to work on these with you in the upcoming weeks. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. I'm flying through these to read it tonight, but um, we're going to have to go back and, and review these. And it'll be encouraging for you. And to another, the effecting of miracles. And to another, prophecy to another distinguishing or discerning of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. Now, verse 11, but one, and then there are nine gifts. There are, and they're broken down as power gifts, utterance gifts, and what's the other category? Uh, revelation gifts. So utterance gifts, power gifts, revelation gifts. And uh, we're going to look in this, we're going to delve into this, we're going to study this, and the goal is we're going to rightly discern these things, we're going to desire these things, because these are things Jesus has created us to, uh, to, to facilitate and flow with, right? And so we don't ignore, we're not to ignore these or be unaware of these things, we need to understand it. And it says, for the one and the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually just as he wills. So God willed that these gifts be distributed throughout the church. God's will is that we not be ignorant or unaware of these uh, tremendous provisions. And the Bible will help us crack the code on these things so it's not just mysterious and spooky or elitist or bizarre, but it's actually uh, a, a you know, tremendous resourcefulness for each individual in the kingdom, the, the, the church. If, we, if the church takes heed to these things, and not just take, takes heed, look, look what it says here. It says in chapter 12, verse 31, it says, but earnestly desire the greater gifts. Earnestly desire. The King James actually says covet. And uh, we're, you know, we're, thou shalt not covet, but yet we're, we're, we're actually exhorted to do something, you know, that's kind of out of the norm. In this case, I want you to desire earnestly and covet spiritual gifts, the greater gifts. What are the greater gifts? The greater gifts are the gifts that are needed at the moment. You need discerning of spirits when a con man's trying to manipulate you. 
You need the gift of healing when somebody's desperate and on their last leg and they need a healing power at the touch of the Holy Spirit. You need a word of prophecy when somebody just is clueless and doesn't know what to do next. You need the word of knowledge when, when, when there, there, there's just a, a bleakness in the air and, and so forth. So we're going we're gonna to study these things out. But let's go to chapter 14 now and look at verse 1. Pursue love, and then it repeats what was said in the last part of 12. Uh, Yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Now, I'll tell you what this is not saying. It doesn't say endeavor to be spooky. It doesn't say endeavor to be a Christian uh, mystic. It doesn't advocate that. I believe God, when, when, when the Holy Spirit comes on our life, we become supernaturally natural and naturally supernatural. I'm convinced that Jesus does not make human beings weird. He makes weird human beings saved and gets us on the correct path of life. So I believe the church, if we do this right, again, no pretense. We're not hiding from this. We're not trying to gloss over it. We're not trying to be all polished and dignified and trying to avoid the supernatural. Um, but I think people can miss the supernatural by constantly misinterpreting it as sensational. And most of the great moves of the Holy Spirit that have happened in my life have not been so sensational. They've been uh, in the context of a subtlety and and it's uh, in nuance and it's just kind of an amazing um, way to live. You know, John 3 described when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and that that discourse where, where he came out at night to ask him, you know, what's up with all this? He said, you must be born again. And he said, everybody that's born of the Spirit is like the wind. You don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it's going. So too are, is everyone that's born of the Spirit. So there is a really interesting way of life available to everybody that turns to the Lord. How many of you, in fact, have experienced some of that, where it's just like, wow, that God really showed up on that. Man, my life is different than it was. I sense something in my spirit. Like even my son-in-law, Steve, you know, he gets up in the middle of the night, and and he's wide awake at 2 in the morning, and he starts perceiving some things about the future and the direction of our church. That makes perfect sense to me. Uh, you know, Raquel here while she's away at school, you know, and we, we had a, 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 one of the live streams and, and, it, and I think it was one of my prayer times and it was, I, I, I recorded it days before and I had a word of knowledge about somebody and you're in an apartment, you're going through this and this, and it was her and, and, and it helped her. And it's like, you can't conjure that stuff up. And um, what was that guy's name the, that was the debunker that got, uh, uh, there, was, there was the amazing Kreskins, and then his, his, his uh, nemesis was, was it, so what was his name? The amazing Randy or something like that? What was his name? What was that guy's name? Anybody remember him? He was the debunker of all this stuff. And, um, and he would call out people that were doing uh, psychic methodologies and things. And actually, you know, that's okay. And, and I don't know how he did with his life. He died, and, and, uh, but uh, it, you know, anything that's, that's worth doing um, you know, needs to be scrutinized. And so uh, the, the, and the, the real gets counterfeited uh, with the false, but you don't ever counterfeit. Like you never will find a crime ring 
that's uh, doing money laundering and printing and, 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 and doing counterfeit, like doing really in interesting uh, plates of a $3 bill. You'll never see them like etching it and smuggling it and, you know, having a whole espionage movie about it, you know, and, and, and Jason Bourne shows up and everything like that and Abraham Lincoln and everything else. And then, you know, uh, on a $3 bill, it's like, you know, that's, that's not going to fly because it's false. But the, but the devil, he's a liar and he wants to, you know, get us to either be wild-eyed fanatics or be cold as a hound dog's nose, just so long as he gets us. But we've got to press past both of those uh, extremes, and we've got to hunger and thirst. We've got to pursue love and desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Right? Pursue love. And, you know, some people say, well, you can go and you charismatics, you, you Pentecostal-type people, you can hunger after the, the nine gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to hunger after the nine fruit of the Spirit. Well, okay. Um, we actually are supposed to model both. The nine fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And the nine gifts... The word of knowledge, word of wisdom, tongues and interpretation, prophecy, the gift of faith, working in miracles, gift of healing, uh, discerning of spirits, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation. I think I said that already. Anyway, yeah, um, we'll, get, we'll get to this, but, let, but let's just look at this right now. Desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. God, we are to be a prophetic people. We are to the essence of prophecy being clarification of Jesus, who Jesus is. Remember the definition for prophecy is God communicating to humanity, right? So like when John had this fantastic spiritual experience about the marriage supper of the Lamb and this amazing technical word from this angel, he starts worshiping the angel and says, no, 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 don't do that. Worship God. It's all about Jesus, right? Hallelujah. So... This is telling us to hunger and thirst after and actually trust the Lord to live and lead a spiritually saturated prophetic life. The one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification exhortation, and comfort. Now, we'll stop here for tonight. And I'm just delving into this. I'm just, this is my introduction. You give me a few weeks on this, and we're going to be getting pretty thorough with it. And, um, but I, I want to just show you that, for me, the New Testament example of prophecy is there's a bit of a difference between Old Testament office of the prophet New Testament office of the prophet, Old Testament prophecy, New Testament prophecy, and the, the aspects of this just really need to be worked out. But I think the test is, does it glorify Jesus? Is it scriptural? And uh, I'm convinced also that in the New Testament, prophecy is for... Um, it's not for revelation, it's for confirmation. 
So it does, it, the, the originating of the impressions we get in our spirit shouldn't be from somebody coming in and calling you out and saying, hey, you're supposed to go get a job in aerospace and you're supposed to live in Omaha. You know, it's like, unless you were like, well, that, that bears witness because I've been planning that for 13 years, you know. So that, that's where it's a confirmation rather than a revelation. And people that I've seen that are good with the gift of prophecy have also understood that they're good with their humanity. And I've seen really accurate people humble themselves and say, look, I could be wrong. I'm a human being. I could miss it. You could put this on the shelf. I just, this is what I sense in my spirit. And when people do that, that is, I think, uh, smart biblical courtesy. And uh, so, but that's a whole other thing, and that's, you'll now see why, as a pastor, why I'm burdened about that aspect of it, because I don't want to see anybody misled by false prophecy, or anybody that goes and does things because they got somebody telling them something at a meeting or an aside. I remember a lady that used to talk to people in our ladies' bathroom and say, don't tell Pastor Jeff. And they've come and they've gone, but, uh, you know, somebody obviously did tell me, because I wasn't in the girls' bathroom, you know. And they came and told me, so hallelujah. And I got to guard the flock. But I don't want to guard the flock so much that we suppress all this because it's just somebody's goofy. Just because goofy, you don't want to, as proverbial, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right? So this is why I think this is uh, extraordinarily important right now. And uh, the Holy Spirit and his gifts have remained constant since the day of Pentecost until, and they will not cease until the second coming. So when the perfect comes, all these things will be done away with, but that hasn't happened yet. When Jesus comes at the consummation of the age and the end of everything, there will be no more need for these things. But there is vital need for a prophetic people. There's vital need for people to not be ignorant concerning things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit. Right? And where we get efficient and proficient with it, and we sense it, and we walk in it. You guys are discerning. And, uh, you, you, and I know that, and I'm saying that. Can I say that? Can I say you're discerning? You say, well, I feel like a bag of hammers. I don't feel like the smartest tool in the shed. You know, that kind of thing. Okay. Can I tell you that the Holy Spirit is poured out on all flesh? You, can I say it a different way? You have the capacity, starting right now, to enter into new dimensions of discernment. What is discernment? It's perception. It's rightness of belief. It's rightness of, of, of understanding. It's, it, it's this, um, like it says in Romans, his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. There's this assurance we have of, that we know. And there's this, now I've seen people get real cocky about it, and it's like, I don't know. And then I've seen people that were really gifted. I remember one particular guy was a, a leader here in town for years, and he would say, now, you know, put this on the back burner, and you can, and I appreciated that. That was disarming. That helped me to, it, it never overrode my um, cognitive skills. It never overrode my free moral agency uh, and my, my free will as a human being. Uh, and so, it, 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 and I watched, you know, I've watched, they're, they're doing all kinds of documentaries on cults now and cult leaders and people just kind of taking the drink of the Kool-Aid and it's like, no, 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 Jesus does not want people to go down those tracks. 
But he doesn't want us to go and throw the baby out with the bathwater and just throw out all spiritual things because some people have been abusive and think some things are falsified, right? We can't, it, it's not that easy. We've got we've to, okay, Lord, I'm going to pursue love, but I'm going to desire earnestly spiritual gifts. So for the group that says, you guys go ahead and go after the nine gifts of the Spirit, I'm going to go after the nine fruit of the Spirit. Excuse me, we're supposed to do both, right? The gifts and the fruit. We develop the love walk and we understand and become uh, yielded to the potential for the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives. He said, my sheep know my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. So you can be in a situation and just go, no, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going, I can't do that. I just, I, you know, you could be what, how old are you, 15, 14? And you could just go, you know, all the crowd's saying this, my friends are like putting pressure on me. I just don't have a, I just don't feel right about it. You could just follow that witness in your spirit and when you're 30, and then when you're 45, and then when you're 60, you, you'll be able to look back and go, man, I was young, and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's people beg, beg for bread. Yeah. And, and we actually can cultivate understanding about the gifts of the Spirit, and we could help people out of cultic thinking, help people out of being susceptible to being manipulated by swamis and gurus and people dictating uh, and overriding people. Uh, it's important. This stuff's important. And, um, you know, you see a lot of abuse of this, and it makes you not want to associate with it. Uh, but yet, uh, and I, you know, I've seen insecure people that just felt like they had to have the microphone every time we had church. And, uh, you know, blurred out something that usually was a reiteration of the message. Never really... And so, you, so after a while, it cheapens it, and you go, you get cross-armed, and go, oh, where's, you know, let's, 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 let's go to uh, Red Robin, you know, and get a hamburger. You know, it's like, no, it, let's pursue love and desire earnestly spiritual gifts, right? And look, it says, earnestly desire the greater gifts. It says it twice. It says it twice. Right there in verse 31 and here in, in, in chapter 12, 31, and then 14, 1. So now, that's my introduction, and I've got just a few minutes to lay out these three points. And if you're writing down uh, stuff, the, 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 three, the three key points about prophecy, edification, exhortation, and comfort. Can you say those words with me? Edification, exhortation, and comfort. Now... Uh, I looked up these words in the Greek uh, dictionary. Uh, edification is oikotome, and it means it's, a, it's an architectural term, and it's, it's about a structural building up. So prophecy can add and build. It builds you up. It, it, it causes uh, uh, a buildup. It, it, it's to uh, encourage improvement, uh, it's the same word used in 1 Corinthians 3.9. You are God's building. And so is it edifying? One verse, uh, the, 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 the preacher said in the scripture, the goal of our instruction is edification. So edification is uh, it, it's building. And it, 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 it elicits improvement. That's, that's, all, that's really what I want 
this pulpit and this church to be on an ongoing basis. And we're like 30-some years into it now. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm trusting God that everything would be done unto edification, that, uh, that all the, the projects, the decisions we make, even, you know, do, is it spiritual to have a born-again Barbie uh, breakfast for ladies? It is. You redeem it. Gives you an excuse to dress up pretty and have fun. And it's th those are some of the most powerful um, uh, s meetings we have at our church. I love to watch my wife get a word from the Lord and give it and the amazing, uh, the fun of it, the joy of it. Because listen, let's face it. We are spirits. We have souls. We live in bodies. And church, uh, you know, there's so much discussion about this community and that community. We're the body of Christ, you guys. So we do, you know, well, it's not a social club. Well, no, I understand that it's not strictly a social club, but there's an aspect of socialization in the church where we just need to come together and develop life together. Right? And uh, so that's important. That's important. It, uh, these things are important. You don't have to downplay one thing. Well, it, the, the church is not a cruise ship, it's a rescue ship. Well, it's both. Now, a cruise ship uh, metaphor would be like, everything is served to you, you have multiple buffets, you're just entertained and amused, Nobody, everybody does everything for you. That's not what church is. Church is an environment where we come together, we lay our burdens down, we lift up the sacrifice of praise, and we just get after it on how to serve. And he says in Psalm, what is it, Psalm 110? He said, his people will volunteer freely in the day of his power. So this is the day of God's power. From the upper room in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost until the second coming of Jesus, there, there's going to be you know, so much going on. The church has endured and weathered the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages, it's endured, it's come through revivals, it's come through trials, it's come through persecution, it's come through all kinds of stuff. And, um, but Jesus said, when I, when I come, will I find faith on the earth? He said, I'm coming to a glorious church without spot or blemish, with uh, white linen, you know, righteous deeds. But the here's, to me, the acid test of prophecy. Is it edifying? Is it exhortation and is it consolation? Edification is, is it enlightening? Is it uplifting? Um, that's important. That's, you got to look for that. If it's there, that's a good, it passes. You know, that's part of it. it it's oikotome. It's, it's, is, it, is it adding to the building up and the development of my spiritual life? 2 Corinthians 13.10 says, For this reason I'm writing these things while absent, so that when present I need not use severity in accordance with the authority which the Lord gave me for the building up and not tearing down. Uh, I, I'm telling you, uh, I'd rather light a candle than curse the darkness. I'd rather generate encouragement than constant criticism, Right? We all have proficiency, PhD level skills at criticizing. Um, but we've got to foster and not candy coat, 
not just give attaboys where attaboys aren't, aren't appropriate, but we are called to edification. Let everything be done for edification. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, for the, need, for the needed building up of the moment. There are people so depressed. There are people thinking of suicide. There are people that are, that are out there that are just lost. There, there are people that, are, that, have, that lost, have lost their moorings in life and they've lost their way. And, and, and if we're to be, live the prophetic life and we're to be a prophetic people and uh, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy or like it says in the New Living Translations, the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. Then, then bring it on, Lord. And we're to covet earnestly spiritual gifts, especially that we may prophesy. You know, it doesn't mean you go and start speaking Elizabethan English, massaging somebody's forehead, yelling at them, and thus saith the Lord. It, it's a thing of where you're at work and you pick something up in your spirit, you know, or you have something for your adult daughter, or you're 14 or 15 years old and you're like going through some things and your friends are making some, some moves like this, you know, or something comes to town that's a, the big deal and, and it's like, well... I'm just going to follow the witness in my spirit. I'm not going to follow the dictates of the times, peer pressure, con artistry, or, or whatever. I, I want to follow the word, and I want to follow the witness in the spirit. Can I hear an amen? amen? The next one is exhortation. Exhortation. The Greek word is paraklesos, and it is um, a speech or discourse that encourages insights or earnestly advises. See, these are very similar. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. In fact, they're almost synonymous terms here, though the Greek words are completely different. Edification is enlightening, and it's uplifting. And uh, exhortation is very similar. It, it, it's a, it's a, I want to exhort you to uh, love and good deeds. You know, I want to I provoke you to, to love and good deeds. Like this is happening right now while I'm preaching. And as you're listening and as you're receiving and as you're thinking about this and as you're processing this, you just heard two commands from the Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit that put us on the hook with I, I'm required to des earnestly desire spiritual gifts and not be ignorant of them. I'm not, so I'm, I can't ignore them. So when I was under the the, my Baptist uh, teachers and the uh, Reformed theology teachers, you know, I didn't debate with them. I didn't argue with them. I didn't back down from what I believed either. And, uh, you know, they shared and presented their view to me, and I'm pretty, I, I'm fully persuaded. I'm open, I'm teachable but I'm not impressionable and gullible and vulnerable. We need to be discerning. And teachable does not mean gullible, right? So when I see all these, I mean, they're doing like whole documentaries now, I don't know why, on goofballs that gathered people together and built steel buildings and you know went crazy and had a whole bunch of babies with everybody's wives and stuff. It's like two plus two equals four. Turn the stupid thing off. Why do you keep repeating this stuff? It is, well, maybe it's an admonishment. I think they're, they're fixated on criminals like Al Capone or Charles Manson. We shouldn't even know their names, but we do. 
And I just shared them in church. But there's an obsession. Jesse James? I mean, come on. What? That's goofy. Who are the people around Jesse James building the train uh, tracks and, and building cities and, 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 and growing food and, and, and right? You know, bringing the, bringing the barge traffic into an area where nobody was there, you know, and building roads and stuff. Why, why aren't we talking about the infrastructure builders? Because we get fixated and titillated with the goofballs. And like Billy Graham said, so many people are doing this right. There are a couple of scandals, and it's like everybody focuses on that, but there are just thousands and thousands of obedient, faithful men and women that are ignored. Well, so... Don't be unaware or ignorant of things pertaining to and of the Spirit. And we're not to be ignorant of the devil's devices either. So as I'm teaching, uh, we, we need to look at both sides of this thing. And, and there's a true prophecy, there's false prophecy, there are true prophets, there are false prophets. And we, we, instead of going, <gasps> we need to go, okay, how do I discern this? Here's one of the ways. Bingo, look. Does it edify? Is it exhortation? And is it, does it bring consolation? That's the last point. Comfort is what it says in the King James. Paramuthia. Paramuthia. Paraklesos. Is, it brings, uh, it brings uh, a discourse that incites, uh, uh, encourages, uh, and brings advice. Uh, edification. It's enlightening. Edification isn't just, I feel so good now. It's also, it's instructional. Like when my wife, she, she moves in prophecy. She'll get up and prophesy. I'll be in the back of the building. I'll be like, or I'll be over here and I'll be, yeah, you know. And, and, and people, I will have preached three services and somebody come up to me and go, that thing that your wife said was, that's what I needed. And then they walk off. I'm good with it, man. I'm good with it. It took me 30 years to get used to that, but I'm good with that. Because when you mature, you mature, and you're just glad the gospel's being preached. You're just glad God's using people. And it's like President Reagan had a plaque on his desk. It's unlimited what a person could do, just so long as he doesn't care who gets the credit. And God wants the church to be humble about this stuff, but be hungry for this stuff. And be discerning about this stuff, but not be overly guarded where it's like, I don't want to just dismiss it, be dismissive of it. No, we covet earnestly spiritual gifts. Everybody say edification, edification. Exhortation, exhortation, and consolation. So consolation is to give moral or emotional strength, to console the heart, to decrease pain, and to lessen or minimize discomfort. And, um, you know, some people think uh, you should prophesy in, in uh, uh, what is it, uh, make people uncomfortable. And, 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 you know, somebody's, well, that's just a feel-good, that's just a feel-good message. Well, what, are you supposed to have a feel-bad message? <laughs> what is our message? It's called gospel. And, you know, the Holy Spirit is convicting he, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Do you notice God will deal with us? Isn't he good for that? He's our father. And we're like, yes, sir. We, we, yes, God. And I'm on that every day. And we don't candy coat anything, but real prophecy, that it's edification, exhortation, and consolation. And again, 
It is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. I go to a church where about 11 young people just made a decision to make a statement that they, that's been lingering in them. Their, their, parent, their grandparents modeled it to them. Their parents modeled it to them. They prayed for them. They, they instilled it in them. And they said, you know what? That's what I want. That's what I want. That's who I am. That's the life I choose to live. That's the Savior that I want to serve. That's the Jesus that I want to let people know about, right? Let's all stand up on our feet. This was just the start now. I gave you the, that was my introduction. Everybody say, I'm hungry and thirsty for more of him. Put one hand on your heart, one hand up toward heaven. And say, like Isaiah said, here am I, Lord. Send me. Use me. Speak through me. Help me to flow in the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit. I trust you, Lord. And I'm thankful that you've chosen to use me. You chose me. I didn't choose you. You sought after me. And you drew me into your purposes and your kingdom. Hallelujah.